And that is Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 23. Galatians 5, 16 through 23. I invite you to stand as you arrive there out of respect for the reading of God's word. It's on page 975 of your pew Bible if you haven't arrived there yet. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, uh, in our journey through the book of Acts, which has been our custom up to this point, uh, we've seen that Jesus is building his church as he pours out his personal presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. And his church grows and his church advances even in the face of great persecution. And and it grows even to the ends of the earth. Now, we are still part of that church building project of King Jesus. And we, too, are recipients of what he poured out on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is ours. The spirit of the living God is is within us to dwell, uh, to lead and to build his church But one of the first things that we have to ask as we know that we have that Holy Spirit is Jesus promises that he is a person and a powerful person. We have to say, well, what does he do? What does he do right here and right now? Well, what would it look like for me to have the Holy Spirit within me? And that's exactly, friends, why we're pausing this summer from the book of Acts. We're going to come back to it uh, this fall. But we're pausing to say, what does the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost do in our lives right now? Well, he changes us. He changes us and and conforms us, as it were, to the character of Christ. That's the beautiful thing that we see presented to us in this famous list of the fruit of of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. You're going to hear Galatians 5 
many, many times this summer. In fact, if you haven't memorized Galatians 5, particularly those chapters that talk about what the fruit of the Spirit are, then this is your chance to do that, as good a time as any. Um, In fact, I'm going to send out in an email a song that I learned as a kid that parents can consider teaching uh, to their kids and that adults, you should learn as well, even though it, it, you know, all of us have, I think we should have some of something childish in us uh, and should be willing to sing about the fruit of the spirit. And so I'm going to send this out to you. This is your chance to memorize the fruit of the spirit and to be prayerfully engaged in asking the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. This morning, we need to get an overview. What, what are the fruit? What, what is this fruit of the spirit? What's it about? What does it mean for me? And then in, in the nine weeks that follow each Lord's Day, we are going to look intently at one of the fruit of the spirit. We're going to look at love, joy, peace, patience, and, and, and so on. So the first thing I want you to notice, friends, is that the fruit of the spirit grows gradually. And then we need to notice that the fruit of the spirit grows proportionally. And then that the fruit of the spirit grows Internally, and we, we need not uh, end this sermon without noticing that all of this is heading somewhere. It has a purpose, it has a goal. And so, first, friends, look with me at this passage and let's see that the fruit of the Spirit indeed grows gradually. It matters that Paul, when he wants to speak about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, when he wants to talk about um, what the Spirit does, he, he appeals to fruit. Fruit. Now, he could have chosen any kind of metaphor. He could have chosen, you know, a mechanical one. He could have, um, he could have appealed to, to all sorts of different things. But, but he chooses fruit as his picture for the Spirit's work in our lives. Why? Well, friends, on a very basic level, don't get past this point that the fruit that we see around us in the world takes time to grow. Because these qualities that the Holy Spirit works in our lives, they take time to grow and they need to be nourished. Over the course of our whole lives, there is a growing season to the work of the Spirit. Now think with me about a cherry tree. I say cherry tree because I was over at the Wagner's home and saw one in their backyard and I was looking at it and I said, wow, that's really growing. You've got cherries popping up. Now, if you were to go to the Wagner's backyard and look at the cherry tree uh, back in, let's say, you know, early April, you would see just the tiniest little nub starting to form where the cherries are going to start to, 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 um, to form. And then you come back in May and you see even more and you come in June and there you've got a cherry, but it's certainly not ripe yet. And so you have to wait till uh, July, August. I, I don't know when cherries come to, to their full ripeness, but it takes time. Isn't this what we see in the world around us? Isn't this what we see when we go to an apple orchard? Say, hey, don't pick them yet. They're not ripe, but they're growing. And so when Paul brings to us this picture of a fruit, what he's saying is, friends, you're going to be growing in the Lord. You're going to be growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness. You're going to be growing in these things. And it's going to take time. It's going to grow like a fruit. 
And what that means is sometimes you're going to see these qualities uh, forming. And other times you're going to look and say, "Ah, is that all that's there right now? We have a word for this. We, We like to call it progressive sanctification. Sanctification means what? That we are being made holy. We're being set apart. We're being made righteous. But think of that first word, progressive. It means that there's progress involved. It means that there's a growing season in the Christian's life. Here's why we need to hear that. Because we're tempted to two things as, um, as we go about the Christian life. The first is we look at our own lives. We look at where we're at and we're, we're prone to discouragement. You look at this list and you say, oh man, I've got a long way to go. Why isn't there more fruit? Now, let me tell you, that is not a wrong thing to ask. In fact, it might be good and proper. Why isn't there more fruit? Every single one of us should have a hunger for more fruit in our lives. But if your response is discouragement to say, you know, it's all for nothing. If this is all, if this is the furthest I've got, I'm done. And what the Lord tells us in this passage is that sometimes growth is very subtle. Sometimes all you see is that nub of kindness and and you see it start to grow slowly, but surely month by month, season by season. And let me tell you, friends, if you see any evidence of the Spirit's work, any hint of kindness, any hint of self-control, yes, your prayer should be, Lord, give me more. But your prayer should also be, Lord, give me patience. Okay, yeah, that's a fruit of the Spirit, right? <laughs> give me patience with my own growth. So that's, that's one of the things that we need to see. But friends, there's another temptation, and that's ambivalence. It's to say, oh yeah, that's a cool list. Yeah, those are important things. But to not really look at our own hearts and to say, are these here? Am I bearing any fruit? Is there any growth? Is there a growing season happening? I, I, I can't tell you how often many of us read this passage and then we just say, oh yeah, those are good things. And we go on without actually looking at ourselves. Now, no, by no means should we do that. Because if there's one thing that we were told loud and clear about the Christian life, it's that a true faith in Jesus Christ bears fruit. What did Jesus say in John 15? If you abide in me, you might grow some fruit. No, he said, you will, you will bear fruit. And so it is a complete oxymoron. It doesn't exist to see a Christian, a true Christian who is utterly fruitless. And so what I'm saying is friends, don't fool yourselves. This is a warning. Yes, growth in the Holy Spirit, growth in these virtues is gradual, but it is happening in the life of every Christian. Are you bearing fruit? As you look at this list, does your life show more affinity to the the first list of these works of the flesh? Or is your life starting slowly but surely to to bear a certain affinity to to the fruit of the Spirit? That's an important question to ask. And if you look at this and say, you know, I don't see fruit in my life. Friends, there is hope for you. This morning, you, you say, Lord, I repent of my fruitlessness. I turn away from this. Jesus, help me to walk in your way, to walk according to the Spirit and to bear fruit.
May we pray this morning for a bumper crop of the fruit of the Holy Spirit to bear forth in our life so that we just see um, this season uh, so much fruit that there's no question in our lives that God is at work. That should be our prayer this morning. Are you reflecting on this list? Are you thinking about where you need to bear fruit? Are you asking God for his power in your life to bear fruit powerfully in your heart? Well, that's the first thing that we see, that the fruit of the Spirit grows gradually, but indeed it grows. The second thing we need to see from from this passage in general is that the fruit of the Spirit grows proportionally. What does it look like for all of these fruits to, to, to come up in the Christian life? Well, it looks balanced. It looks symmetrical. It looks harmonious. You see, sometimes we come to this passage and our first impression is to treat it like a fruit salad. You know, you go to Chick-fil-A and you ask for um, a fruit bowl, fruit cup, and you look at it and you've got some grapes in there. You've got uh, some peaches. You've got some apple slices cut up. um, And you kind of say, you know, if you're anything like me, you kind of skip the apples and you go to everything else. No, that's not what you're doing when you come to this passage because notice what the Apostle Paul goes out of his way to say. We're not talking about separate fruits, plural. We're talking about the fruit singular of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, earlier in the passage, he talked about the works, plural, of the flesh. But now he pivots and he talks about the fruit singular of the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? He's saying that this isn't a list that you pick and choose from. This isn't, yeah, I'm doing really well with kindness. I I think I'm just going to stick with that. In fact, what we see is that that's not possible because they're all so interconnected and balanced that as as the Spirit bears these in your life, they grow up as one whole picture. Note this, that the fruit of the Spirit depend upon one another. If one is missing, then the others can't be produced because they grow together. You can't have someone who is bearing incredible maturity and kindness but has a total lack of self-control. Do you know anyone like that? At some point, there is, there's something that holds the believer back if, if there's this imbalance taking place. Kindness is stunted without patience. Love fizzles out without gentleness and self-control. And so these, uh, these uh, fruit of the Spirit are beautifully intertwined. They're not a fruit salad. They're this whole apple that's growing to fruition on the tree. Now, here's the other thing about them. They depend upon one another. They, in fact, are one another, we could say in another sense. There's a sense in which you could look at the different fruit of the Spirit, right, and distinguish between them. But really, when when it comes down to it, love and self-control and peace and patience are are really uh, another way of saying that under different times and circumstances and pressure, that you are going to bear the fruit of holiness. Holiness. Spend time with a very mature believer, and you'll notice something about them. You'll notice that the fruit of the Spirit is very balanced in their life. Have you ever noticed someone like that? Where, yeah, you might notice, oh, that person is so kind. But as you get to know them and you spend time with them, you start to see, wow, the Spirit has worked in them. This, this self-control, this, this, this whole balanced, beautiful life so that uh, they're, they're proportional. Isn't that exactly what we want? Is, is that what you want? 
This kind of life that, that is of one fabric, that you, you notice it, it must certainly grow from the same roots because it bears this balanced fruit, this healthy tree. Like, like the, the psalmist uh, speaks of in Psalm 1, right? A tree planted by streams of water and it bears its fruit in and out of season. This fruit is, it is not lopsided, it, it's balanced and beautiful. It's the impression we get. That should be our prayer. That the fruit of the Spirit would grow in us and, and yes, gradually and surely, but also that it would, it would bear fruit proportionally. And all of this would be working to this picture of holiness in our lives. Well, how do we do that? Maybe you're already hearing this and you're saying, yeah, I want that. But how do I get it? How do I become that Christian? How do I become that person? And what you need to notice is, is in the third place, that the fruit of the Spirit grows internally from within, from within. You'll notice that Paul doesn't let you conclude that this fruit can be artificially produced. It can't. Imagine that you walk up to an apple tree and from a distance it looks pretty good, but then you notice that the tree is in fact dead And it's got apples tied to it. Someone's taken apples and they've tied those apples to the tree. Now, that's not going to work. You you say, that's cheap. That's fake. That that, that can't be done. Are you kidding me? Well, that's what it would be like to try to somehow, by our sheer will, grab a hold of kindness, grab a hold of love, and just kind of tether them to ourselves. It does not work. Because how does, uh, how does a tree produce fruit? From deep within its roots, there's something uh, that God has given within it, some, some force of life, some design that just uh, leads the fruit uh, to, to grow on the tree from deep within the sap. And so when we come to this passage, we have to see when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, friends, it, it's not a to-do list. That can be our kind of impression. Is We say, well, where I'm not going to commit the works of the flesh, so I guess I should, what? Start doing works of the Spirit. And just kind of check off, you know, okay, um, goodness, kindness, gentleness, yeah, I think I got that one, what's, what's next? And then this list can kind of become, in our, in our mind's eye, not the fruit of the Spirit, but the achievements of the Christian. This isn't a, a list of, you know, go catch them all and, and, and add them to your, uh, to your life. No, this is, in fact, the fruit, not the work of the flesh, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The furthest thing from self-righteous works, but rather spiritual fruit. And what this means, friend, is that this list is meant to bring us, in fact, to the end of ourselves. We're supposed to see this list and say, how am I going to do this? How can I be this person? And then what it leads you to do is to say, God, if I'm going to have any of this, it must be from you bearing fruit within me. It must be from you forming fruit in me by your grace. Now, here's the good news. Good news. If you have faith in Christ Jesus, you're never alone in your fruit-bearing 
pursuits, but instead, friends, his spirit is within you to change you from the inside out and to bear much fruit in your life. In fact, notice this. This is how one theologian puts it. Before God places you in heaven, first he places heaven in you. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That the same Holy Spirit who brings you the forgiveness of Jesus Christ also dwells within you uh, like this seed planted within you to bear fruit. Even when you can only barely perceive it from the outside, still from within, you have everything that you need, the personal presence of God to burst outward in a bumper crop of fruit. So that when you show any hint of kindness, your response isn't, wow, I was just really kind. But Lord, that's not me, that's you. Thank you, more of that, more kindness. Wow, I just showed some self-control. No. Lord, there's no way that was me. That's you bearing fruit in my life. Please, more of that, more self-control. See, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) To change us from the inside out. It's a beautiful thing. When we come to Christ, the first thing we notice often is his forgiving grace. That he has said to us, I forgive you of your sins by my work in the cross and by faith in me. There is no longer any condemnation for those who belong to me. But then one of the second things that we notice is that same grace that forgives us is also grace that transforms us. That Jesus loves you too much to leave you as you are, but he wants to transform you and change you. In fact, he wants you to be bothered when you aren't bearing fruit. And he wants you to come to him and fall at the foot of his cross and say, Lord, you've forgiven me. Bear fruit in me. Have you done that? Or are you taking his forgiveness for granted? Are you saying... I'm glad I have a savior, but I don't know what I think about this Lord Jesus. He's one Lord. He's one savior. You can't have his salvation without his lordship. And so you say, Jesus, you've forgiven me of of my sins, but why have you done this to bear much fruit in me to the glory of your name? What is the spirit doing as he transforms us from the inside out? Well, he's making us holy. He's bearing the fruit of righteousness in our lives. But another way to say it, friends, is perhaps the best way to say it is simply this. Christ-likeness. That the Holy Spirit is conforming us to the image of Jesus. Isn't that exactly what this fruit of the Spirit is? It's deeply connected to Jesus. What did Jesus say in in John 15? Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. And he says, if if you're not abiding in me, you're going to wither. You're going to die. But if you are connected to me, if you are in union with me, then you're going to be bearing fruit. You're going to start looking like me. It's beautiful. In fact, Philippians 1.11 says this. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. 
so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see, friends, Jesus, Jesus is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Wasn't it love that led him to the cross to lay down his life for his enemies, to make him his friends? Wasn't it great patience that led him all the way along that route? Isn't it great patience that he has towards you even now? Isn't it gentleness that the good shepherd employs as he leads you? What we're going to see as we study each of these virtues, each of these aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that they're all intricately connected to Jesus. And you cannot abstract them from his person and his work. See, that's what is so grace-filled about these fruit of the Spirit. That if we have Christ, we have his character too. If we have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in us, we have the Spirit of Jesus who who has the, the very character of Jesus and is working them into us. And that every time we become more kind, more patient, uh, full of more self-control, it was only because Jesus gave it to you and it's unto knowing him more. Every step of obtaining more of, of these is just knowing Jesus more. So friends, my challenge to you as we begin this series throughout the summer, it's not just to memorize the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to do that. It's not just to, to pray to bear fruit. You should do that. But it's also to ask yourself, what do I need to do to fix my eyes on Jesus? Is it setting aside time to be with him in his word? Is it setting aside your pride and confessing sin to someone in your life so that you don't have that obstacle of knowing the Lord Jesus more deeply? Is it being purposeful about praying to him and asking for him to work fruit in your life? Friends, Christ-likeness is the goal. Christ-likeness is the aim. Christ-likeness is the path of holiness. And so we begin our pursuit of the Holy Spirit and his fruit by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one in whom we bear fruit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for fruit of the Spirit, which even now you tell us will appear in the Christian life. We thank you, Lord, that this is not simply a matter of us trying harder, but it is by your grace from the inside out. Lord, we pray that the fruit of the Spirit would genuinely be shown in our lives and that each time we we seek to be more kind, more gentle, more self-controlled, and the like, that these things would not fill us with pride, but instead great humility and dependence upon the Savior. And finally, Lord, we ask that you would bear this fruit in our lives so that we might be assured that we belong to you, but also that all of this would be to the praise of your good name. 
that the world would see your light shining forth in us and that they would come to Jesus and bear fruit in him in turn. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We do come to the time of the Lord's Supper, so I invest, invite, invite the elders to come forward to help serve.